Let's do it. Once again, welcome to a special edition. Oh, the Wednesdays is our usual day for uh, sharing socks, the uh, postseason edition after a wonderful uh, socks victory yesterday. Uh, I'm Lee Allen, the duty geezer at Southside Hip Pen, and I should point out I am wearing my 2005 World Series shirt, which I wore yesterday, because way back the very first time we did one of these, I wore this shirt and they went undefeated for a week. I forgot about that. Boy, they started losing like crazy. My fault. Uh, but I'm not going to make that mistake again. If they do really well in the playoffs, it's going to get a trifle gamey, but we're going to go on with this as it is. Uh, joining me, my son, Will Allen, who is always uh, sharing socks, uh, Janice Scorio, our pitching expert and general uh, person of wisdom on White Sox matters, and Eric Wolflin, who we bring in for uh, offensive matters, not because he is necessarily offensive, but uh, sometimes that does occur. Janice, let's start, because yesterday was a day for pitching. Let's go to pitching. How, what's your analysis? Oh, goodness. Well, I mean, uh, to start off, Lucas Giolito, uh, absolutely brilliant, uh, took a perfect game uh, into the seventh inning, and I believe he was uh, the first person to do that uh, in a very long time. I can't remember uh, what exactly the stat says, but I believe the last uh, a pitcher to do that uh, happened in the 60s, I, I believe, as my, my general recollection goes. Uh, yeah, so at first, uh, he didn't seem like himself, honestly, where I noticed that he was more so pitching to contact, uh, which is not necessarily what he does. He's definitely more of the type of pitcher that will uh, learn uh, swings and misses to get strikeouts, but uh, especially around that first inning, uh, which is usually my biggest area of concern uh, for Giolito, seeing as how he tends to uh, have a, a six ERA in the first inning. So usually if he gets past that first inning, everything should be smooth sailing. So uh, for that first pitch inning, I believe he threw about 11 pitches. Uh, A's hitters were making contact. Uh, but uh, yeah, he had a, a couple of really hard hit uh, ground outs and fly outs uh, for those first couple of batters he faced. So uh, yeah, a little unusual. Uh, and then I believe it wasn't until maybe um, the fifth or sixth inning where he was uh, kind of finally uh, using that traditional uh, fastball location, uh, uh, playing around with the velocity on his changeup to uh, finally get uh, these A's hitters to swing uh, and uh, got those strikeouts uh, near the end of his performance. So uh, yeah, something interesting is that he's typically fastball changeup dominant. Uh, so yesterday, uh, especially early, uh, he, he actually threw more sliders than he did change-ups, which uh, is a little bit different. It's a little bit different for, for Lucas Giolito. So, uh, yeah, definitely an interesting game called by James McCann on that part. Uh, but otherwise, uh, it worked. It worked really well. Um, so near the end, he w wasn't hitting his spots. And I know um, a lot of the debate on White Sox Twitter was whether or not Giolito should have been pulled in that eighth inning. Um, I... I, I think it was probably a good move to do that because you definitely don't want to blow out your ace, um, especially after Tommy, uh, Tommy LaStella uh, got that initial single, um, then the control started to waver afterwards. So uh, yeah, it was probably a good move to let the pen take over at that point. Uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, we saw some good stuff from Evan Marshall. Uh, we also saw 
uh, some really great stuff from uh, Alex Colomay, uh, but otherwise really great day for, for, for the starters and the relievers all around. For, uh, for looks, yeah, the first couple of innings, he had a lot of three ball counts. And right. he, you get worried, boy, he's going to throw a lot of pitches. We ended up averaging 13 pitches an inning. So he, he got rid of that. I wonder, because we had talked yesterday about the fact that the A's are horrible breaking ball hitters, uh, 150 average on, on breaking pitches, that that's why they started out with the sliders, just to go, look, guys, you can't hit this. <laughs> and they didn't. Yeah, I, I honestly think that they did their homework. I, I they, they were probably well aware that the A's aren't great breaking ball hitters, so uh, that that's probably why uh, Giolito was so breaking heavy yesterday. And I think um, I, I looked at a map uh, of uh, his his pitches. I think in the sixth inning, and I think that uh, yeah, for his last three strikeouts, uh, two were on the high fastball, and the last one was on um, just a, a slider, like like way out of the zone. So uh, the fact that I saw him do both of those things uh, was pretty amazing. Um, he was absolutely locked in. Uh, but, yeah, I, I loved everything I saw from Giolito yesterday. Oh, yeah, that was wonderful. And we just need to see that repeat itself. So uh, totally uh, one walk, nine strikeouts by Sox pitchers. Uh, the one walk we talked about at the start of the eighth inning. Uh, Eric, the flip side, the Sox did not draw a walk struck out 11 times usually that means they lose almost always that means they lose and that is their weakness it's the huge weakness of the of the walk to strikeout uh ratios but sometimes if you hit the ball very very far that doesn't matter what, what's your take on on the offense yesterday so i mean i think the biggest thing for the white Sox to do was obviously that they did was to get up early on the athletics and stay out of the bullpen uh, because if you start to get into that kind of bullpen game with the athletics, you know, they just, they, they get very deep uh, and keeping Liam Hendricks out of the series or out of the game, I think is, is super critical. Um, you know, Adam Engel, I read a great stat. I think he, uh, he hit the first White Sox postseason home run in 4,700 days since Jermaine died. <laughs> so when I go back to, to that time, uh, I believe he's also the first White Sox player who ever has led off with a home run in the postseason. True. Um, also very funny that we were talking about swapping him out for Nomar Mazzara uh, just a couple of weeks back, you know, that, uh, that both of our changes actually to the offense that we thought they would do, which was to bat McCann or, you know, to have McCann and Grandal both in the lineup and then to sub Mazzara out for uh, uh, angle, both, both paid dividends. And I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting to see too, again, kind of how our script was going Beckham was a table setter. You know, he had three hits on the day. He kept his average high. Abreu came through for them big time. Grandal came through for them big time. And, and Angle stepped up to the plate. You know, I think uh, I saw another interesting stat regarding um, Gene Bieber and Garrett Cole, where like 67% of the runs scored against those two pitchers all came off of home runs. So as much as I'm worried about strikeouts and walks, you know, I think – I think at the end of the day, if you can get uh, your pitching to to keep things to to keep things close, if you can get up early with the home run, you know, I mean, it's been the, the strikeout to walk ratio in baseball is a thing that's been trending this way forever. You have guys who are going to strike out eight to ten times in a game and still win four to one because they're swinging out of their shoes and trying to catch a fastball or a breaking pitch that's over the zone. 
Um, you know, we talked. So, we 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 had talked uh, yesterday. You and you were we were not with them. We talked about you don't throw a left hander against the White Sox. And they threw a left hander against the White Sox. Point. But for but for all of that, looking at it, the two homers that uh, Jesus Lugardo gave up were on terrible pitches. It's not that he was a left hander. It's that he grooved fastballs. I mean, just right down the middle, even on an 0-2 count tangle. 2-0 count to Abreu, you should never group onto Abreu, but a 2-0 count is more understandable than the 0-2. My guess is they really wanted high fastballs. They really wanted something coming in around the shoulders, and he just blew it. Well, I saw, uh, I saw Josh Donaldson at one point. He was talking to some guys on ESPN about what his hitting philosophy is. And basically, he says, I'm looking for pitches that are in a specific zone that I can actually get my shoulders underneath so that I can create lift on the ball. So it wouldn't surprise me to, to any extent that the hitting coaches, the players, I mean, launch angle is something, launch angle and exit velocity make a lot of sense in our, you know, and, and, and have a lot of math behind them. So I think that the general hitting philosophy that I've heard coming from a lot of players and coaches is you know, we're, we're looking for pitches that are in certain locations. And when we see them in certain locations, we unload. It's not necessarily about what's, you know, I think the days of like, well, it's a 2-0 count or it's a 3-1 count. So I might see this pitch here. Or I might see that pitch there. I, I'm sure there are certain hitters who do that, who have a much different approach to the plate. But, you know, I think if you're, I think if you're guys who are trying to hit the ball 400 feet and strike out 28% of the time, you're, you're trying to find pitches in the zone that you can just turn your turn your heels on and put to the screws. And they did happen, and it, and it worked. I think it's going to be a lot tougher today, which we will get to in a moment. I don't think you'd be very surprised to see group pitches today. Well, we had talked, oh, excuse me, uh, a little bit about umpiring. And you and I were texting during the game, and you were thinking, oh, this guy's not as good as we thought. Really, that leveled out. I mean, I, I think overall it was a pretty well-called game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there were there was definitely some some questionable uh, calls early on, but he really leveled out. And uh, I'm also going to take this opportunity to just say I think McCann should be behind the plate every game. I think he should be calling every pitch. He is so superior to Yasmani Grandal in pitch calling that. I, I just think it's a game changer. He he may not be as strong as powerful, but having Yasmani in the DH spot obviously worked out fine. Um, he he crushed one sort of, but it, it got out of the park. And uh, having McCann back there just call, calling the right pitches. I don't know if Lucas shook him off yesterday. Um, and it just never does. The, the fastball locations, it, it made it easy on the umpire. Lu Lucas was painting the corners with those fastballs, like especially later, like Janice said, not, not early on, but in the fourth, fifth, sixth, those fastball locations were as good as they can possibly be. And that's, that's going to help your umpire when the fastballs are, are, are actually hitting the zone like that, but just barely hitting the zone. Um, but yeah, home, home plate ump wasn't too much of an issue for me. Uh, and, and I think also Lucas just didn't groove anything. Yeah, absolutely. They don't have power hitters, but they didn't have balls to hit. No, he, he especially later in the game, um, early on we saw a hard contact, as Janice said. But uh, 
he he was not throwing uh, well actually he did he did <laughs> i think one strikeout on a fastball directly down the middle of the plate <laughs> Uh, that the batter just whiffed on but other than that he wasn't he wasn't grooving anything the slider was working um, you know hearing that stat Jana said that he was throwing more sliders and change-ups for me sounds like a game where Giolito leaves in the fourth um, but he had that slider under control and of course he he threw a couple change-ups that were just mind-blowing <laughs> I mean he he had one strikeout on the change-up where I was like that is maybe the best one I've seen all year from anybody. It, it, it tricked me, and I'm sitting at home watching. All right, enough on yesterday. We celebrate yesterday. We go to today. We're actually underdogs today on most of the betting lines and the predictions, uh, despite having a pitcher with a 199 ERA on the season. Janice. Uh, oh, and one thing I should mention, we'll, we'll get into on I, I checked for lineups like minutes before we started uh, putting this together. Neither team had posted any yet. The NBC guys yesterday had indicated, I mean, excuse me, the ESPN guys yesterday had indicated uh, that they watched uh, Eloy uh, Jimenez warm up and it looked awful. So uh, I think it's very doubtful that we'll see Eloy in the field. Uh, yesterday he was available for pinch hitting, probably would happen again today. Um, with them, with the right-hander, maybe Mazzara back. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll see. Janice, though, the pitching. you got two really outstanding pitchers going today. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Dallas Keuchel, uh, who has uh, been fantastic uh, in the regular season. So uh, I think uh, the big key uh, for Keuchel today is especially because uh, yeah, he he says that he's back where he wants to be, and then he's he's found his rhythm. He's he's shaking off all these nagging injuries. Uh, the back spasms aren't a problem uh, a anymore, and plus he's this leader with this amazing postseason experience too. Uh, so I believe he needs he definitely needs to go at least five six innings today. Uh, the sixth inning historically has kind of been an area of concern for Keuchel, uh, just mainly because uh, for earned runs this season through innings one through five, uh, he's given up four total. Earned runs but in the sixth inning uh, he's given up eight so the third time through the order can be really tough uh, so essentially we just need Keuchel to remain strong and uh, yeah just uh, keep uh, that sinker ball working. I think your dog disagrees with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, he's not happy with me right now uh, so I, I may have to scoot uh, away. Keuchel also because the VAs are such bad um, breaking ball throws uh, breaking ball hitters Sinker 32%, cutter 31%, the sinker, I guess we will call a fastball, which they can hit, uh, and the change of 30%. So everything that, that uh, Dallas throws moves. Janice has gone off to um, deal with canine matters here. Ah, she's recovered uh, and back. And let's raise this question. Chris Bassett throwing for the A's. One run he has given up in the month of September. One run. What do we look for? First off, I want to say that. Uh, first, I want to say that I gave up no runs in September, so <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really impressed. I'm. I'm sure Janice has more theory on this. That's uh, less of a scorching take. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think lifetime you're good for September, actually, because you never pitched after August. <laughs> so, I mean, 
All right. zeros across the board. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I, I too have not given up any runs in September. Uh, so I, I feel as if we, we have that one up on Bassett already. Um, old friend Chris Bassett. Uh, so I, I honestly don't think, we, <laughs> I don't think we should be too intimidated by him. Um, I mean, I don't want to eat my words later. Uh, he, he did just win AL Pitcher of the Month. He's got some pretty decent numbers. Uh, so this year he was 5'2 with the 229 ERA. Uh, but uh, one thing to note is that he really didn't face any teams that were over 500. So uh, he didn't face the Dodgers. He didn't face the Padres. Uh, so he was just basically fed a steady diet of uh, the Mariners, the Angels, the Diamondbacks. Um, I think the Astros were in there. Yeah, and then the, the Astros as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, he's a fastball cutter dominant per, uh, pitcher. He's not really a top tier in any metric. He's definitely kind of middle of the road, especially when it comes to strikeouts, I believe. His K rate is 25%, so he's not overpowering. Uh, he does rely on changing speeds. He tends to live up in the zone uh, as his fastball is probably his best pitch from the research I did. But uh, yeah, his numbers have been good as of late, but I, I feel as if the numbers uh, are, are noise at this point. So I, I hope I don't have to eat my words later. But. <laughs> one, one other number though, in 139 at bats for right-handed hitters, he's given up only two home runs, which is, means he is not brewing balls, as happened yesterday. The Sox may have to work a little harder for their hits. Now, Timmy Anderson was hitting balls all over the place yesterday for the, for the three hits that Timmy got. But the long balls were just grooved. I don't think we're going to see that today. If we, if we do, lucky us, and we, we move on to the next round. He, he's, got, he's got very good control. Uh -huh. And again, he does, he does not give up uh, long balls. Meanwhile, Eric, if the guy doesn't give you anything, how are we going to hit him today? Well, you know, I mean, I, 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 think, I think the Sox have to be consistent in their approach. You know, I, I don't ever think that it's, it's – uh, there's a lot of different, like I said, hitting philosophies, but I think that you go in with the things that, that are your strengths. And to say that a pitcher isn't ever going to make any mistakes, you know, obviously he's going to – he might not groove something right down the middle, but to say he's not going to make any mistakes that they should be ready to pounce on is, is probably not true. So I think that what you do is you try to find the mistakes. You try to see what the pitcher is giving you. Uh, hopefully if he's, if he's in the zone, they can adjust appropriately. And, you know, I think even guys like when you have people like Tim Anderson and you have people like James McCann, I mean, Abreu isn't the kind of person who's always swinging for home runs. So if it's a question of them having to manufacture runs a little bit more where they're getting base runners, they're stealing bases, they're taking walks, um, you know, I, I, it's, I think you have to give what the pitcher gives you. If he's lights out, he's lights out. You know, sometimes you got to tip your cap. But I don't think there's any reason for them to go in and say, well, you know, just because Lazardo missed a couple of balls right down the pipeline that we should go up there and not be looking to jump on mistakes, which ultimately I think it's it's – that's, in my opinion, if that's what the Sox are doing at the plate, that they should continue to do. Just try to get on uh, on top early so that they don't have to get into the athletics bullpen uh, and see what the pitcher gives them. Try to try to get to them early. It's uh, it's interesting. Yesterday's game, I said it was, it was some ways, it was a nice fast game. We went under three hours for, for postseason. is amazing. 
there was only one walk in the whole game, the walk, the walk we've talked about. There wasn't much great defense because there didn't need to be. Uh, Jake Lamb had a couple real nice places at third uh, for the A's. Yohan uh, Moncada had a great stab in, in the ninth on, on a shot by Marcus Semyon, another one of our gifts to, uh, to Oakland. And um, other, otherwise, plays were really pretty routine and nothing in the outfield. Uh, Luis Robert didn't get to show off that he can run 600 miles an hour. Uh, it's the one, one thing on the weakness of it was that there wasn't a whole lot of excitement on the bases where you got tension and what's going on. Will, you expect more of that today? Uh, I definitely do. I, I am going to give a shout out to Luis Robert though on, on a few of those plays because he they looked routine but i think they looked routine because he's luis robert um he was taking some shots straight at center field and those are really hard baseballs to judge and you saw him go down on the on his knees for for one of them but that those are all hits that you have the wrong guy in the outfield and they're gonna let those drop in or or they're gonna misplay that ball um so I, I'm going to give a little love to Luis. I felt like his glove uh, confidence came back a little more yesterday, especially after he did get a hit. Um, and then, of course, we have, you know, great Adam Engels, just great out there. And he even said he, he loves playing behind Lucas Giolito because he's just so consistent with where he's going to put the ball that you're going you're to get to make some exciting plays but not give up a lot of runs. So he's a, he's a good guy to play behind. I definitely think you're going to see more base runners today, especially with Keuchel, you know, ground ball pitcher. Um, some of those are going to get through. You've got some really fast guys on both teams. Uh, I'm not sure how many stolen bases we'll see, but I do think if you get Tim on first, if you get Luis on first, uh, they're going to be running today. It's possible that with a, a better starting pitcher, they have to manufacture more. But as Eric said, this guy had a great September. None of that matters today. He's going to make a mistake and you just have to capitalize. Janice, you got something? Uh, yeah. So uh, one thing that the A's and the White Sox do have in common is that they, uh, they both have actually really great records against left-handed uh, pitchers. So the A's are 11 and three this year against lefties, but, but, but one important thing to point out is that the team has lower OPS overall. So it's a 684 uh, versus lefties, but 728 against righties. Uh, so the A slash line behind, uh, versus left-handed batters. Um, so a 221, 310, uh, 374. Uh, yeah, 374. Uh, so one thing to, to notice is that, yeah, they do uh, have a good record against lefties, uh, but uh, they don't hit them as well. Uh, so I think that's- Basically, they're grinding it out against them. More, more singles and running. That, I like I like singles for both teams. I, I like to see people on the bases and you have to make the great throw and all those kinds of things. We'll see what happens. We're running out of time. I really hope not to be able to talk to you people tomorrow morning because we won't go, go again on a pregame until Monday. If need be, we'll be back tomorrow and look at uh, what happens or what we expect to happen in game three. Thank you, Janice. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Will. I and just, everybody's got a hand up. I just got to say one more thing. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled that you like base runners, but I'm perfectly comfortable only having them on one side of the <laughs> contest. That's fine. <laughs>
two two perfect games through six innings in two games we got it. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be good all right thank you much and uh watch a little baseball this afternoon yeah right go socks go socks go socks <laughs>